Hello, I, I'm Carl Honoré. I'm a journalist, author, and uh, speaker, broadcaster. And for the last sort of 15 years, I've been the, the voice of what's called the slow movement. So I've been traveling around the world, sometimes quite quickly, <laughs> making the case for, uh, for slowing down, arguing that uh, in a world addicted to speed, slowness is a superpower. Carl, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, great to be with you. So, uh, Carl, talk to me more about slow movement. What, what does that actually mean? Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't mean <laughs> to start off with. It doesn't mean doing everything very slowly. I mean, that would be absurd, be preposterous. I'm not an extremist or a fundamentalist of slowness. I love speed. Faster is often better. We all know that. This slow revolution, slow with a capital S, is about doing things at the right speed. So it's about knowing that sometimes fast is the way to go, but other times you want to slow things down, right? So there's there's turbo mode, but there's also tortoise mode. Uh, musicians talk about the tempo justo, the correct tempo for each moment. That's a way of thinking uh. about slow. Um, it's a mindset, really. It's quality over quantity. It's being present in the moment, doing one thing at a time. Ultimately, slow is about doing everything not as fast as possible, but as well as possible. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, if we just think back a year, if not just a little bit more, you know, we'd wake up early, uh, quickly get dressed, quickly leave the house, uh, drive through traffic as quickly as possible to quickly get to work, to finish things at work as quickly as possible, to quickly get home. And if, kid, you know, if, if we had kids or have kids, uh, you know, how quickly we can get them to soccer or piano or hockey uh, to then, you know, quickly get home and things are all quick, quick, quick. No, I was going to say, I mean, this is the the, 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 the state of the modern world is that we are all racing through our lives instead of living them. The, the virus of hurry has infected every corner of our existence so that every everything feels like a dash to the finish line and it's reached ludicrous levels. I mean, you can attend speed yoga classes or drive through funerals. I mean, there's nothing we won't accelerate now. And people always say, well, I can't slow down because life will pass me by. That's completely the wrong way to think about it because life is happening right here, right now. And the only way to get the most out of it is to slow down and be in the moment with that slow spirit. And do you think that the pandemic has um, helped people realize the benefit of slowing down because we're not rushing. Like I don't need to rush from my bedroom to my desk. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think, I think the pandemic is a, a great moment of global reset. It's forced the world to go through a mandatory workshop and slowness. Right. And, and I'm not a fan of the pandemic. It's been a total nightmare. Right. Of course. Yes. Silver lining. The silver lining, I think, is that people have experienced the good side of slow, right? So if you look at the whole boom in you know home cooking and home baking, all the walking people are doing, people talking about you know having time to listen and spend time with their loved ones and families, the ones they live with, anyway, uh, and and also feeling more productive, getting more done at work because they're not distracted, they're not fast all the time, and they're able to control their their speed, their rhythms, work wise, uh, and and also just on a structural collective level, you're seeing cities around the world closing down roads to traffic and making them now pedestrianized or setting them aside for cycling. You know, so we're slowing down the rhythm of transport through our urban landscapes. There are many things now that people are coming out thinking, well, you know, I've had a bunch of months now where I 
as you say, haven't been rushing, right? I've rushed yeah. less, I've done less, I've spent less. I've, and they're thinking, you know what? I wouldn't mind hanging on to a little bit of that when this pandemic mm -hmm. passes. That is so true. I want to focus a little bit uh, on, on work uh, and you know, what that means for people that want to embrace you know, the slow movement or slowness and, and what that means for work as a whole. Do you have mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Definitely. Um, people think that slowing down means you're a loser, you're a slacker, you're unproductive. It's synonymous. This is part of the taboo against slow. It goes so deep in our culture that slow is a, a dirty word. It's a byword for lazy, unproductive, everything nobody wants to be, especially at work, right? But actually, yeah. slow is crucial in the modern workplace, even more than it was in the in the industrial era, right? Because we're knowledge workers and, and human brains need those slow moments. The Economist magazine did a big survey looking at the pace of business and, and the working world before the pandemic and came to a conclusion that's a perfect summation of the slow creed. The final paragraph of that economist survey was something like, it said, Fran forget frantic acceleration. Mastering the clock of business means choosing when to be fast, right? We all know that hmm. bit, but also when yeah. to be slow, right? When to be fast and when to be slow. So, so the future of work lies in uh, that on-off switch, right? So when to be on, when to be off, when to lean in, but also when to lean back, right? It's about mastering all those different rhythms and paces, knowing when to switch off and when to switch on, relearning the lost art of shifting gears. And that, those are the people, the people who master that art, which I describe as the art of slow in a sense, uh, those are the people who will inherit the the, the earth, starting so, in the workplace. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it's more of a mindset, right? Rather than the speed of how things get done. Exactly, because you could be moving very fast, but on the inside, you're calm, you're focused, you're still, you're in control. It's like athletes talk about being in the zone, right? They're yeah. moving through a hockey game, a football game, a soccer game, a tennis match at, at superhuman speeds, but on the inside, they are super calm, right? They are still, they are almost serene. And that's that mindset. That's the getting that when you, when you regain that ability to shift gears, to have slow moments, to move into faster moments, move fluidly between the two. Then when you're in the fast moment and everything is spinning around you at hundred miles an hour, you're like an oasis of Zen, right? You can control it much better. And, and that's why you know they've shown that people who meditate over a period of time develop a, a more density in the cerebral cortex, which allows them to process information faster, <laughs> which brings me to what I always think of as the delicious paradox of slow, that those who slow down with meditation, which is one of the slowest things you can do, short of sleeping, are better mm -hmm. able to cope in the fast world, all that data and distraction coming at us, than those who never slow down at all, right? So I come back to what I said at the beginning, that in a world addicted to speed, slowness really is a, a superpower. That's really fascinating. There's, there's a lot of, um, it's interesting you talk about meditation. I've, I've seen uh, you know, on Twitter, especially a lot of, you know, senior executives or, you know, people that you would, you know, sort of look up to as successful have, have embraced meditation recently. Exactly. You can't swing a cat without hitting a mindfulness program, right? In the corporate world at, at yeah. all levels from the C-suite right down to the factory floor because it works, right? The science is crystal clear that it's, you know, meditation uh, sharpens concentration, reduces feelings of stress, enhances feelings of calm, boosts well-being, and and does that other thing I said a moment ago, but allows you to handle and cope with the barrage of speed that's going around you. So it's a it's an ace in the hole. It's a it's a no-brainer, which is why people, in including and maybe even especially the fastest sectors of the global economy, like Silicon Valley, tech, Wall Street, 
are all over meditation, right? <laughs> because yeah. they, they're not doing it because it gives them a warm, fuzzy feeling. Well, they they probably get that too, but they're, sure. they're certainly not doing it because it it, it gives them a, a, a halo of new ageism, right? They're doing it because it works. These are people who measure things by the bottom line output and metrics, and they know that meditation, the ultimate act of slow, delivers. There's, um, I can't remember the name of the app, but uh, I've seen commercials, and I don't know whether it says as I was watching the U.S. presidential election and everything happening there, or as I'm watching sports, but there would be like a 15-second commercial or a 30-second commercial that a meditation app would would be advertising, and it would say, we're giving you back 30 seconds of your life. Just breathe. And that's all it does for 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 the thirty second commercial, and there's there's sort of like a timer there where all you're doing is just breathing, or, or that's what it um, empowers uh, the viewer to do. So it's 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 really interesting. I love that. Yeah, that's sort of gloriously counter countercultural, isn't it? Because so much of what, especially TV advertising, uh, is is breathless, right? It's this this bombardment of sensory distraction and information. And then to take an ad and flip it around and say, well, actually, we're going to give you 30 seconds just to breathe. Don't be breathless. Breathe. Be breathful. Right? Yeah. A nice, uh, it's a nice spin on it there. Um, I, I think just if I could just make a little addition here to the work discussion and slow and so on in the pandemic, mm -hmm. I think on one of the benefits of the pandemic, one of the, the lessons that we're going to take away is that what the pandemic has done for many people has given them control over their own working rhythms, their own times. And that's something you were already beginning to see as part of the slow movement in the workplace before the pandemic was that forward-looking companies were saying to staff, okay, you know, we understand that everybody has different metronomes, internal metronomes. So some yeah. people are going to thrive getting up at six in the morning, banging, you know, report out by eight. Others will better off sleeping till nine and getting up and doing their creative work between nine and, you know, and, and, and this is what I think companies will be doing more and more in the future is saying, okay, here's the big deadline at the end. We've got six weeks to get there. You work out how you're going to use your time between now and then, either individually or in your team. So if you want to come in at three in the morning on a Saturday to, you know, knock out some code, go for it. But if you want to leave the office or leave the desk at uh, noon on Thursday to go watch your daughter do ballet or your son play basketball or, you know, whatever, you do that too, right? Because we trust you. And, and, and that's why I think a lot of companies that have found themselves just forced by the pandemic to give more autonomy, more temporal autonomy, control over their time to their staff are seeing this big productivity payoff. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that in future. And that's completely in harmony with the slow revolution. That's what big part of what it's all about is giving people control over their own time and their own rhythms. That's also like a mind shift, uh, you know, for, for management to, uh, you know, to be able to, I'm not saying that there's no trust there, but it's almost like, you know, we've got these regular check-ins, right? So whether it's a weekly check-in or it's, you know, people know if you're online or not at nine o'clock or 8.30, yeah. um, you know, especially we're all connected with all these, whether it's devices or whether it's software where you, where you can, you know, whether your coworkers are quote unquote online. Um, and, and I'm wondering, yeah. you know, sort of that challenge of, you know, working from home, there's this understanding that you've got a home life, you've got a family life, you've got a work life, and, and there's this need for balance, you know, versus um, this uh, idea of 
you know, my boss knows when I'm working and, and that challenge, push and pull challenge. There's, there's a big, there's a big challenge there. And I, I'm, I am not at all a fan of these software programs that measure everybody's, you know, movements and presence at the computer to down to the last second. I think that that that's actually going in the wrong direction. I mean, the traditional workplace has been one of command and control, right? It's you, you mm -hmm. rule from the top by fear. Uh, and that, you know, that, probably made a lot of sense in, in the Victorian factory. It doesn't make sense in the knowledge economy, right? When people need to be relaxing, they need to tap into what psychologists call slow thinking, right? The kind of creative um, blue sky, uh, innovative thinking that comes when we are in a relaxed state, networking, team building, all that stuff. You, you can't download that from an app or mandate it with a tight schedule, right? These things only flourish and blossom when the powers that be back off and give everyone else in the trenches the space, the time, and the freedom just to breathe, right? Coming back to breathing, just to let things happen at their pace. Mm. I'm not saying you don't have any control, but I, I think, again, before the pandemic, what we were starting to see, again, among uh, you know smart-thinking, forward-looking companies was a move away from the top-down uh, control uh, you know, fingers around the neck of your, your subordinates' approach and giving devolving power out, devolving freedom, handing out autonomy and seeing a payoff, right? And you put your finger on a very important word there, which is trust. Yeah, you've, there's got to be trust. I think for companies to take that first step, there's gonna be a bit of a, a jump in the dark, but you know, you, you, you'll you see the benefits. If you don't see the benefits, then maybe the, the, that's the wrong staffer employee for you and you move them on. Or maybe you need a conversation to work out how that person can use the new freedom more wisely. So it pays off for them and for you as the company. But I, I, this has to be the way forward. The, the, it seems to me a retrograde step to move into a world where people's bathroom breaks are being timed. I mean, that just, I mean, uh, toxic is the word that comes to mind. I totally understand. Carl, this, is, this has been a, a fascinating discussion. And uh, you know, I, I'm sure people are, are going to want to uh, take some time and really dive in. Uh, if you could, Carl, um, you know, I know you've got a website and various TED Talks and books. What would you recommend people do uh, to find out more uh, about uh, the slow movement and how to uh, embrace it at, uh, at, at their work and in, and in their lives? Sure. Uh, that's easy. I have a kind of one-stop shop site for that. It's just www. My full name, Carl Honore, no punctuation, info, And they're all there. You'll find the links to everything from talks to digital courses. So I've just, I've just published my first workbook, 30 days to slow, helping people slow down. Uh, books are there. There's lots of video, audio, just loads of resources for people to take their first step because everybody's going to find their own way towards the slow revolution. You know, some people are going to come at it through work, others through food, others through sex, others through their family life and children. So there's no right recipe to finding your inner tortoise, <laughs> but we all have one and we all um, aspire, I think, um, to, to reconnect with it. So um, I would just say, go out there and find your own way and, and start on that start on that website. It's a good place to start. Carl, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Good, good chatting with you. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. 
to achieve more from your marketing spend, contact Active International today.